In the journey of Wemby, and whether he will become the NBA's next greatest star or prospect, I stumbled across an article in New York Magazine that I feel is very relevant to tracking Wemby's journey. While the NBA news cycle was in overdrive this week, all around the trade of Kevin Durant to Phoenix and Kyrie Irving to Dallas, I started to think about the larger NBA environment and also where we are at in popular culture as NBA teams look to position themselves in the Wemby lottery, which is why a hit piece on Kyrie Irving was something I wanted to talk about and explore. Talk about exactly what he did. He tweeted a link. He didn't say anything, right. but he tweeted a link to this film that shows and that is, says what? That is basically anti-Semitic. Like you, you know, Nick and I were talking all offline. Like, we're so sick of talking about Kyrie from last season, right, dealing with the vaccinations and his logic. And again, here we are again, him trying to apply Kyrie logic to something that is pretty straightforward. It is an anti-Semitic film. There is no nuance, in my opinion. Um, I don't understand why he felt the need to tweet it out. Um, I think it is, I think he is showing some awareness that he knew would be sort of controversial because he didn't say anything, right? He didn't say great film, he didn't, he just put it out there and expected his followers to take a look and perhaps pick up what he was putting down. But Kyrie is, in my opinion, Nick, getting to the point in which the Nets as well as the NBA are going to have to start thinking about some serious discipline because he's using this platform not just to push conversations that are obscure, like the earth is flat, which he did not too long ago, but conversations that are dangerous. Mm. And as you saw with the graphic, um, we cannot afford that. Yeah. The article was written by a journalist named Simon Van Zylen Wood. And while I believe his intention or thesis was to bring down Kyrie's implosion with the Brooklyn Nets, I have to first point out a few things I think is important about the climate of sports which I feel is good and bad. While Simon points out early in the article Kyrie's emo tendencies, the question I want to ask is, have NBA or sports think pieces in general gotten out of control? We're talking about basketball, not Chinese surveillance balloons or government policy on AI. And I really do love the evolution of sports journalism, but has it gone too far? There are hundreds of daily podcasts. Sports talk is bigger than ever. And it seems the marketplace has created a hot take machine where the most controversial topics, albeit really thought out theories, are bantered about for hours and dominate the sports news cycle. But this article in New York Magazine just seemed different. This man, I watched his press conference yesterday. I want to read to you what they got on Twitter that he said. Now, remember, first of all, y'all just saw what he just said. I did my job. And then he said, we're in fourth place. Really? That, that, that fourth, fourth place. That's what he said. This is, this is his word. I did not make this up. And you see, I got a problem because there's a lot of people that I butt heads with. And by the way, it ain't Jay Williams. Jay Williams and I are going to go back and forth, but that's my brother. It's all good. There was a lot of people that I butt heads with because, see, I take facts. And I'm saying this is what the person said and this is what they did. Now, J.J. Reddick, with his brilliance, I will let him decipher and dissect some of the other things that Kyrie is and is not about. 
I'm not talking about him, the basketball. I know what a marvelous basketball player he is. I'm talking about what he said. I did my job. I was selfless. Really? We were in fourth place. You know, I left the team in good hands, and then I made sure to get a hold of this quote. When they asked him about Kevin Durant, he said, there's water under the bridge now. I wish them well. I left them in fourth place. I did what I was supposed to do. Took care of my teammates. Was incredibly selfless. Do you think we are all, do you think we are all on drugs? Or do we all need to be drug tested? Is this man the only lucid dude on the planet? What am I missing? We really religiously lamented games missed. Stuff that had nothing to do with basketball, infiltrating the basketball proceedings, getting in the way of team, getting in the way of productivity, getting in the way of cohesiveness, getting in the way of wins. He arrives in Brooklyn three and a half years ago, won one playoff series in three and a half years, and stood before the Masters, knowing the camera's rolling, and said, I did my job. What what are you talking about? I mean, I, I, is it just me? I, I, I know that when he got there, he signed for $136 million. The brother missed nearly 50% of his games. They got one playoff series of a victory to show for it. And he is in front of the cameras, not in private, not off the record, not something clandestine, not something that was leaked. No, he looked at the camera with a straight face and said, I did my job. I grew up watching Sports Reporters, a show that had Mike Lupica, Dick Schapp, Rick Tellender, all heavy investigative reporters who told stories of humanity through sports. And I wondered recently what their thoughts are on the current hot take social media frenzy of sports punditry these days. And is it a good or bad thing? Sports documentaries are almost as hot as true crime docs and content around sports is exploding. Something in this particular article turned me the wrong way, but let me explain. In one of the early paragraphs, the writer states, and I quote, on his Xbox, Irving fired up NBA 2K23 and activated a geeky, khaki-clad, one-inch-taller avatar of himself. He also began to livestream on Twitch, monologuing dreamily for three hours and 40 minutes to an audience of a few thousand total strangers. Now, now Kyrie playing video games on Twitch and waxing poetic for three hours is his business. But it's obvious that the journalist in his pitch made it his business to say to his editors at New York Magazine that he had this three and a half hours of unfiltered Kyrie talking about his philosophy on life. And he now wanted to do a pick apart college essay, which just seems weird. All I do is post things for my people in my community and those that it's actually going to impact. Anybody else that has criticism obviously wasn't meant for them. Hopefully I'm understanding what you said and I, I want to make sure I get it right because I don't want to misquote I don't any expect, part of it. I don't expect understanding from a media conglomerate group that sincerely talks about the game of basketball and then we bring up religion as if it's 
correlative at times when it's convenient for people to bring it up. So please just be direct with your question so we can move on from this and I can talk about the game and go home to my son, Elohim, and my wife, Marlene, okay? Kyrie, while we're on the topic of promotion, why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults, and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaign, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post, and it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the moment post that everyone chose to, chose to see. I found this analysis interesting because the NBA world that Wemby is walking into is closer to a simulation than say the NBA LeBron James entered or the world that Kyrie inhabits now. And with mega success, there is the possibility that Wemby might have a few of his own Twitch moments as our sports stars have their own platforms. And with the advent of AI, who knows how the media will change and how information will evolve. This is dangerous to think about because Kyrie, it could be argued, is one of the best basketball players ever. But he is basically calling bullshit on the sacred institution that is the NBA. Further in the piece, it delves into some of Kyrie's thinking and public and private statements. None of them having to do with basketball. A sprinkling of them are as follows, and I quote, Irving talked about astrology, burning sage, bodily autonomy, holistic health, being socially awkward, the subjugation of indigenous and African-American people, race, class. And mid-twitch, Irving fielded a call from his wife who asked him, why was he playing Call of Duty for two hours? I know. At this point, I'm doing a think piece on the think piece. But it is rare that NBA journalism catches my attention and again elicits any response. But back to the journey of Wemby and the correlation. What type of character, what type of pressure, what type of foresight does he have to have to start to deal with the fame? And maybe, just maybe, he might want to model himself on LeBron and not the emo Kyrie. Not that there's anything wrong with that on an overall level. As these days, Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers sound like they're playing off the same cheat sheet. Ayahuasca, darkness retreats. It's fine. It's a new generation. Listen, I'm doing a darkness retreat later this week. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize how much it would take off. I said, it's, you know, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to go on my darkness retreat. And then I'm, I'm probably going to have a better sense about where I'm at in my life. I didn't say I'm going to my darkness retreat just to figure out if I'm going to play next year or retire. Right? So then that narrative got out there. So how many fucking narratives can come from one, like, show where they didn't even actually listen to what I said or the intent or the tone? And again, nothing against Rappaport, but he, he doesn't have anybody who knows legitimately what's going on in my life. Fascinated by humanity and, and curious about uh, a lot of individuals and what they're into and how they see the world. Um, there was a time where I was uh, judgmental of uh, plant medicine and things like a darkness retreat or therapy or all these different things that kind of the conditioning that I grew up with uh, made me see the world. So uh, totally understand um, 
any of those thoughts. Um, but ultimately, those are projections, and th those have way more to do with the people making those statements than, than me. So it doesn't stick to me, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, it just gives me more love and, and I think empathy for uh, those people. I think we all could use a dose of turning our phone off once in a while and unplugging from society. Um, you know, some people don't want to do a few days uh, and nights uh, in, in darkness, that's fine. But um, to just out and out judge it like you have any understanding of it, not exactly the way for us to come together as a, as a society and, and connect uh, connect better as, as people who come from all different walks of life and backgrounds and parts of the country and parts of the world. And we're all just trying to do our best on our journey. For me, this is the you know things that uh, that work for me. I've done many uh, you know similar things to this. I haven't done uh, this specific darkness retreat, but I've done many meditation retreats and uh, yoga retreats. And, you know things that have uh, stimulated my mind and helped me get in a better, uh, better, uh, right, better headspace and, and have a greater, uh, greater peace in my life. And I think that should be, you know, it doesn't have to be champion, but um, you know, it's it's closer to being champion, I think, than than being just ripped apart and judged. I think is probably a better way to view it. Again, my issue before Kyrie asked for a trade was very simple. If you watched any of the Brooklyn Nets season this year, you see on the court what Kyrie brings, what he can do, and how he changes the dynamic of any game. It's spiritual in many ways. Yet, it will be his off-court antics that will most likely define the latter half of his career. And that just might be the case of how journalism is done these days. Is it possible that someone like Wemby, who is not from the United States, is able to not step on any landmines on his way to greatness? And if he is the greatest prospect ever, how will he handle the new generation of journalists who can now mine the deepest, darkest caverns of Twitch for content they can use in very eloquent takedown pieces? Uh, super excited, grateful for the opportunity. Um, really feel wanted and, and I know that they had to give up some pieces for me to get here so I don't take that for granted um, shout out to Mr. Cuban shout out to the whole entire front office uh, at the Dallas organization I mean, I've been here for about 48 hours or a little bit more than that and uh, it's been nothing but a warm embrace and nothing but genuine love so I'm just taking it one minute at a time and uh, just focus on what I can control which is how I prepare and uh, just coming in every single day and being consistent as it shakes out, the Spurs, Rockets, Hornets, and Pistons have the best chance in the NBA draft lottery of securing the number one pick in the June NBA draft. I've seen a smattering of highlights out of France, but not as much when Wemby debuted in Vegas. But again, I wonder if the early hype is just that. Outside of LeBron, players in this new social media generation have stumbled at times. Durant, my favorite player, deals with injuries a lot and some Twitter mishaps. Kyrie, well, we went into that. Giannis seems to be on the straight and narrow, and Luka is Luka. To get to NBA superstardom in the next eight years, I think the dangers of our current era could be overwhelming, the pressure too much, the microscope endless. But what do I know? 
when I started actually doing research on my own and, and figuring out that there is no real picture of Earth. Like, there's not one picture of Earth. And we have even back to the moon since 1961 or 1969. And you start, and, and, and it becomes like conspiracy theory. In the article's end paragraph, Simon hammers home a decent point, an overall positive thesis. The paragraph reads as follows, and I quote, There's another way to look at Kyrie. He's often treated as a Neptunian, whatever that means. But many of his qualities at heart are pretty familiar for a 30-year-old American who spent much of the pandemic staring at a screen. Borderline obsession with his identity, a vague distrust of the country's political establishment, a radicalization on matters of social justice, and with a background like Irving's, who wouldn't ask questions? The problem is that sometimes the internet doesn't give you the right answer. <laughs> 